My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, Daniel Spiteri Sr., And he is a semi-retired high school mathematics teacher and college instructor of sociology and education. He has published various short stories and essays and magazines over the years. And today we're here to talk about his recently released book, Pythia. Daniel, it's so great to have you here tonight. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you too, Daniel. Thank you so much. And you said a little bit before the interview that you've been listening to our show for a few months now. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, very inspiring. I love it. Um, you know, God bless you and um, uh, a lot of uh, great work you do. Um, it's pretty interesting. And even um, uh, the earlier uh, shows uh, I've been listening to as well. So yeah. keep up the good work. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's great that we can have a listener join us on the show as well and talk about your book. And so it's a, it's a pleasure to have you, really. And so, Daniel, if I can have you, just like we like to do with our other guests, take the first five to 10 minutes and just share a little bit about who you are for our listeners today. Okay. So, um, I think my, my, my story, my, uh, story of my Christian faith might be a little bit different than many of your listeners, but, um, I think with me, I've always, um, you know, had the faith that it's never, I mean, as far back as I can remember, as far back as, uh, you know, like early childhood. Um, so, uh, um, I've always believed, you know, one of my earliest, uh, memories was, uh, putting my shoes on in the garage on a Sunday morning, getting ready for church. And I remember being excited to go to church and excited to be with my family and stuff. So, um, uh, you know, that's sort of my journey. And, and um, you know, as you mentioned, I am like a math and, and I was a physics major. And even when I was at Berkeley studying physics, the physics equations themselves brought me closer to God. Um, even, well, even going back to say elementary school and uh, the number line, you know, the number line from negative numbers, zero all the way to the positive numbers. And if you just just sort of meditate on a number line. It just goes forever and ever and ever in both directions. Mm-hmm. Our human mind can't fathom that. Um, and, uh, uh, for example, getting back to some physics examples, uh, we have two theories about the universe, right? Based basically in a nutshell, mm-hmm. one of them is, um, a, an expanding universe that never, never, never ends. You know, and I would invite you Dallas, you know, how do you, can you even imagine that the universe <laughs> Go, con- yeah, right, continue, right. Or conversely, it ends. So mm-hmm. if it ends, what's on the other side? Yeah. We can't fathom that either. So I think a lot, a lot of those things speak to um, a supernatural being, and you know that, of course, is is God. Um, so, uh, like I said, throughout the years, I've always um, you know gotten closer to God. I remember one one last example, even in high school, when, when I learned about the periodic table of the elements. Uh, on that chart there, right? 
in chemistry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, all you have to do is add one proton and one electron and you get the next element. And that's like all the elements in the universe. I mean, somebody had to create all that mm-hmm. order. You, you can't have all this order in the universe and have it just be random. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically, um, you know, my journey. And also, uh, of course, my journey is not ending. I think, um, also what has been getting me closer to God lately now is, is actually even writing this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also recently moved, um, and I, we kind of had to find a new church and, and this church is, you know, my new spiritual home. Really have you suffered from Very abortion? Are you still so feeling lost and lonely? Do you still feel unworthy of God's love because Amen. of the decision you made? In Jessica Colleen's newest book, A Journey of Healing, she takes an in-depth look at how one woman allowed God to heal her from an abortion emotionally and physically and expose her repeated relationship patterns. Find this book on Amazon today. Becoming a woman of wisdom, it's just that simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep in mind that becoming a woman of wisdom is a work in progress. As Madeline Roberts defines it, the definition is growing daily using your God-given wisdom in every situation of your life. Enjoy each new day, celebrate life, and don't stop until the vision comes to fruition. Pick up Madeline Roberts' newly released book, Becoming a Woman of Wisdom, on Amazon today. I think it's a good point that you mentioned that studying physics and mathematics and all of these things didn't bring you farther from God, but like you said, it brought you closer to God. And I think that's an amazing testimony. Definitely. Yeah. Amazing. I, I think I think I think Christianity Christianity is a reflection mm. of reality. It's not an escape from reality. Yeah. Come on. That's good. Thank you, Daniel. And now I want to talk a little bit more about your book, Pythia. So just for our listeners to know mm-hmm. This book is available on Amazon, so you guys can pick that up. The links will be below. And just, Daniel, what led you into writing this book? Um, well, well, real quick, um, to be a brief summary. So uh, the book is Pythia. It's set in a dystopian future in which human cloning has been perfected with men uh, no longer biologically necessary. Sci- society has, has like undergone a radical change and become a matriarchy with men serving as uh, like chattel and entertainment. And in the name of re- re- redressing the injustices of the past, religion, especially and specifically Christianity and traditional social structures, are forbidden. Uh, wow. and, and the world is governed by a tyrannical ruler who preserves her power through pseudoscience and appeals to fear and vengefulness. So the protagonist is Simon Peter. He's a Christian gladiator who must hide his face in order to survive as he struggles with other like-minded souls, men and women alike. So there's women heroes in, in the book as well. And to throw off the yoke of oppression and return human society to its former glory. And I got the idea for that while I was watching Spartacus, the wow. Stanley Kubrick-directed film with Kirk Douglas. I was like, oh, that would be cool if I can, you know, have this gladiator, you know, he's really, he's really kind of a, uh, uh, you know, a secret uh, Christian and he has to hide his faith. And um, so that, that kind of was the, I remember watching TV or watching the movie and, oh my gosh, that's a good idea. But I don't, don't recall at all how I came up with the perfection of human cloning leading to like women becoming the ruling class. Mm-hmm. Um, that part I, I can't remember. I think I was just trying to be unique. 
And tying this into Christianity, so why didn't you just write a, a normal book, a normal action book? Why does it play into Christianity as well? Um, well, he's he uh, is a Christian leader, and he's um, he has to hide his faith. Um, I think I think I came up with that uh, because, well, frankly, I, I live in California, mm-hmm. and while there are many spiritual people here in in the state, there are also like radically atheist ones too, who are out of touch with any sort of religiosity, let alone Christianity. So that made me realize that Christianity is sort of suppressed, right, by the mainstream powers that be, like in education, the media, movies, TV, even commercials. I mean, it's really insidious. So that made me sensitive to a man who cannot fully express his Christianity, mm-hmm. and he has to fight for his freedom and concomitantly the freedom of others. Wow. And another a question for you. So you mentioned that you have the Simon Peter, and who are some other characters that we might meet throughout this book? Oh, uh, so Simon Peter, yeah, he's the hero. Uh, and by the way, men have been stripped of their last names, such that uh, men are, are untethered from their culture and background. So therefore, men are unaware of their roots. And just as a tree needs roots to grow, so does a man. Hmm. Frost does not touch deep roots, and it's easier to manipulate to manipulate people who do not know where they came from. So he's a Christian, but he has to be secretive about his spirituality because all religion has been banned. And then there's also in my book, there's the incongruously named Department of Religion that's tasked with rooting out all religious practitioners and meeting out the proper consequences. And Simon Peter embarks on a journey to free himself from both physical and psychic bondage and simultaneously freeing society from its tyrannical leaders. Um, so, um, yeah, that's one. And then there's also um, uh, Prita. Um, so uh, Prita um, is uh, the daughter of, of the <laughs> tyrannical leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but And she basically, to make a long story short, she takes him to a safe place. Um, and that's part of the book, how they get from, how he gets from the uh, Colosseum to this, uh, safe place. And she has him take classes on military leadership. She sees that he needs to undergo training for his new leadership role. So that training includes modern tactical warfare, fitness training, military history, and modern political theory. Um, uh, So at first, he's unaware of how important he is for this struggle for freedom. And at first, he doesn't believe in himself. But because of Prita's intervention, he does. So Prita is very important to that. But on the other hand, he, Simon Peter, teaches her the tenets of Christianity, and she begins to have faith. So um, I guess you could say that uh, she is a born-again Christian of sorts, and so they help each other. Yeah. And you said modern-day training. And so where is this time taking place? Great question. So I don't really quite address it in the book, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I call it, it's in the year 131. OW, and that's of the year of women. So you definitely know that this has been going on, this dystopian future has been in existence for 131 years, but you don't really know what's happened or how, how it really got to that point. So you're going to have to wait for the prequel on that one. Mm, there you go. <laughs> you got to wait for the second book, guys. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Thank you. And so I always I like to ask this question because books like this, like yours, I believe that they're deep down within the pages and through the words and through the actors and their situations that we can take something and learn and apply it to our own lives. And so what's something that we could take a lesson from your book and apply it to our own lives? 
Well, hopefully more than one, but I think importantly that individual freedom and the freedom to express yourself is important. And uh, also a very uh, big one is that we should be judged as individuals and not be bunched together as a group. Yeah. And can you share a little bit more about that, not being judged as a group, but as an individual? Um, well, I think it would it, um, probably would be um, um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, you know, to be judged by the content of your character. So I think that that's very important to be judged as an individual, not just like, oh, I'm, you're a man, and so all men are like this, or you're a woman, all yeah. women are like this, or you're this ethnicity or that ethnicity. So um, just, just things like that. I think that, um, you know, again, I wrote this book. Um, you know, I said, okay, I'm, you know, here's my book. What, what do I really believe strongly in? Well, the first thought was, you know, love conquers all. And I thought, well, there's been a lot of stories that, about that. So what's my next thing? Well, I've, I've noticed throughout my life that things have sort of gotten better in terms of individual freedom and people being judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. But I noticed lately things seem to be going kind of in the opposite direction. So I thought I would just throw this out there to hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully help things uh, go along God's intended path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another question here is, Talking about your characters, what are some of the trials that they face throughout the book? Well, Simon Peter has to um, hide his praying and his beliefs, mm -hmm. and again, he's he's unaware of how important he is for the for the struggle for freedom. So he's he's always questioning himself. Um, he doesn't think he's you know quite man enough. Um, he sees himself as being um, uh, you know not good enough, kind of, and also because that's how society sort of treated him. Um, and by the way, I think also by me flipping roles between men and women, I'm, I'm showing through irony what um, some women are, you know, some women have to go through today. So that's also, um, you know, a part of my book as well. Um, and then uh, Frito's struggle is, you know, she's part of this regime, you know, that controls men. Um, she's powerful herself. She's really has not really been introduced to Christianity. So when she is through Simon Peter, she starts questioning her her uh, her past beliefs. So those are the two characters. Those are the main two character arcs in the book. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you'd like to tell us about this book today? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just want to add that that when I was writing this book, I constructed it as a Hollywood movie. I was thinking in pictures. I was imagining that I that I saw this movie and I'm describing it to someone who has not seen this, that scene, for example. How would I describe that scene to them? It's very action-oriented. Uh, and again, I see it as a Hollywood movie. But by the way, there, there's no cuss words or foul language in it at all. Um, but I've read other uh, Christian books and they seem very Pollyannish to me. My book, however, has a lot of fighting, a lot of action, both physical fighting and inner struggles that a, that a couple of characters have to go through, That, like I mentioned. Also, there is an evil, tyrannical protagonist. So it's not a sugar-coated um, Christian book. It's kind of in your face. And once again, I sort of see it as a Christian answer to a typical Hollywood movie. In other words, if Hollywood was run by Christians, and I know that that's hard to imagine. That would be great, though, would, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it would be. And if, if it was run by Christians, I would see this would be the movie they would make. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so you mentioned a prequel. So is that something that you're planning or maybe a sequel as well? What do you think about this? Um, yeah, that would be in the future. I am working on another book. It is, it is um, uh, another sci-fi right now, what I'm working on. Um, and it uh, has a lot, of, it has uh, time travel both into the future and into the past. So this next book I'm working on is, um, is, is a totally different storyline. But yeah, this book definitely lends itself to a prequel and, and a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. One thing I do want to mention before we, we end this podcast today is that you said that men were stripped of their background and their title and their roots. And I think that's so crazy right. because that's something that we can see in today's world too. Like if we don't have the foundation, if we don't have our identity in Christ, yes. we're lost. We're yes. helpless. We don't know who we are, exactly. who we're created to be. I think that's a really exactly. cool part. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that, that's part of my book too. That's why when you asked me uh, what are some important lessons that we can take away from the book, I was like, well, hopefully there's kind of more than one because I, I sort of um, spell it out in different sorts of ways. And also it's also written between the lines too, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're reading this book, pay attention to those lessons. I'm sure there's lots more, like you said there. Well, thank you so much. And where can we find this book and where can we meet you on social media or follow some other things that you're maybe watch for your future books coming out? Yes. Um, so um, my publisher has a website out. It's Daniel Spateri, S-R, which stands for senior. So D-A-N-I-E-L-S-P-I-T-E-R-I-S-R.com. Daniel Spateri, S-R.com. And that's my author website. And uh, also, you can find it on Amazon. I kind of forgot it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's on. It's on. You know, quite a few different um, uh, mm-hmm. venues, so it, it could be found pretty easily. Yeah, great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, learn about your book, and if I can have you end our podcast with a prayer today, I would really appreciate it. Great. Yeah, let us pray, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you so much that you have an amazing plan. You have a story for each and every one of us. And God, you are the one using your pen in creating the chapters of our lives. And we might see a page at a time, but you see the whole story from cover to cover. And God, we pray that we have faith, that you have a better plan than our plan. God, you are the word. You are the one true author and all your stories come to pass. And finally, Lord, we pray that Dallas and I are using our gifts and our talents to serve your mission and your kingdom work. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.